Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 77, The Lord is in This Place. Can you tell that my voice sounds funny? To me, it sounds funny. I don't know if it really sounds funny to you guys. I'm sick today, so I apologize if my voice breaks. And actually, I am moving tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by boxes, and my house is nearly all packed, and um, also my voice is out. So it's a it's a, a little bit of a crazy day over here, but I am so excited for the opportunity that we have to move. We are moving um, up to Logan, the Cache Valley area. My sister lives up there, and we've wanted to live in a smaller more rural area. And we bought a house that fits our family a little better. And we're just, we're so excited. So it's a good day. And hopefully my voice doesn't give out during this. Okay. So today I want to talk about an experience that Jacob had in Genesis chapter 28. During this experience, Jacob was headed to the land of Haran to find a wife. And Jacob had just previously received his older brother Esau's birthright, which also very interesting story, one in which I believe Rebecca had the gift of prophecy and revelation and knew that this is what was meant to be. And you can tell based on Esau's previous actions that that he had a lack of desire to follow the Lord's commandments and he really didn't value his birthright very much anyway. And he wasn't willing to take on the responsibilities that involved were involved with the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant. But despite all of that, Esau was still very angry when it was official, when when Jacob kind of snuck in there and was able to get the birthright, even kind of um, tricking his father a little bit. That's a really interesting story. I encourage you to read it. Um, but because of this, he was super angry and he vowed to kill Jacob once their father Isaac died. Rebecca, fearing for Jacob's safety and also Esau's safety, and worrying also that Jacob would follow in Esau's footsteps and marry a Canaanite, which would cut him off from the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, urged him to go to Haran to find a wife, and also this was a great way to get away from Esau for a while. It's here on this journey to Haran that we pick up our portion of the story today. Before Jacob left Abraham, he blessed Jacob again, reaffirming his birthright and the Abrahamic covenant. And with that fresh on his mind, he heads out. In verse 10 of Genesis chapter 28, it says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place, meaning he stopped, and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and beheld a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, and will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Aren't visions so cool? I know that I've told you guys this this thought that I have before, but but sometimes I pray for visions. They're real, right? And 
we are told in the last days that righteous people will have visions and the Lord isn't just going to give me one unless I'm supposed to have one, right? So if it's a righteous desire, why shouldn't I ask? It's okay with me if he doesn't give me one, but I think sometimes we just need to ask for things that we want. And so, you know, if you want, feel free to add that in to your prayers because I think it's a valid thing to ask for. Okay, so what does Jacob's vision of the ladder ascending up to heaven mean? Marion G. Romney said, when Jacob traveled from Beersheba, I don't know if I'm saying that right. When Jacob traveled from Beersheba toward Haran, he had a dream in which he saw himself on the earth at the foot of a ladder that reached to heaven where the Lord stood above it. He beheld angels ascending and descending thereon. And Jacob realized that the covenants he made with the Lord there were the rungs on the ladder that he himself would have to climb in order to obtain the promised blessings, blessings that would entitle him to enter heaven and associate with the Lord. Temples are to us all what Bethel was to Jacob. Even more, they are also the gates to heaven for all of our unendowed kindred dead. We should all do our duty in bringing our loved ones through them. So I want to think about that quote in combination with a quote from Joseph Smith about the same vision. Joseph Smith said, Paul ascended into the third heavens and he could understand the three principal rounds of Jacob's ladder, the telestial, the terrestrial, and the celestial glories or kingdoms where Paul saw and heard things which are not lawful for him to utter. I could explain a hundredfold more than I ever have of the glories of the kingdoms manifested to me in the vision were I permitted and were the people prepared to receive them. Okay, so the rungs on the ladder are a combination of the three degrees of glory and then covenants that you make along the way to ascend up to the highest, which is living with the Lord, the celestial kingdom. Does this structure of the ladder remind you of anything physical that we have on the earth right now? Hey, temples, right? We have baptisms that happen on the lowest level of the temple. And then sometimes physically, sometimes just symbolically, we ascend up to the celestial room. Many temples have symbolic stars that start on the bottom of the temple on the exterior and maybe the interior too. I don't really know, but I know on the exterior stars start on the bottom and then moons in the middle and the sun on top. And I'm sure there's many other symbolic things that I could get get into here that that have to do with how Jacob's ladder is structured. So our temples are our Jacob's ladder. What I really want to talk about is how he ends this experience as he wakes up. Verse 16, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. In the Come Follow Me instruction manual this week, it says, you may find yourself in your own wilderness seeking a blessing from God. Maybe your wilderness is a difficult family relationship, such as Jacob had. Maybe you feel distant from God or feel that you need a blessing. Sometimes the blessing comes unexpectedly, and other times it is preceded by a wrestle. Whatever your need, you can discover that even in your wilderness, the Lord is in this place. That last part reminds me of Edmond Dantes in the Count of Monte Cristo. There's too many T's in there. Count of Monte Cristo. He says, God has everything to do with it. He's everywhere. He sees everything. God is everywhere. I was drawn to this particular thought this week as I watched things, and I'm sure you all have been watching things unfold between Russia and Ukraine. It's just so unthinkable what is happening over there and the motivations behind what's happening there. I was thinking about the mothers hiding with their babies, people 
crammed in subway stations to try to feel safe or try to be safe. Nurses relegated to basements with NICU babies using inadequate facilities. Soldiers who aren't really soldiers having to take up weapons to defend their country. People in Russia feeling powerless as they bravely protest against the power of a ruthless dictator. These dark places, dark hard times in these people's lives, I know that there are tiny miracles, even if it's just in their hearts, that are happening as they pray. I have no doubt that though some may not feel it, the Lord is in those places. I have no doubt because I know that there are beautiful, good, loving people everywhere who love the Lord, and they've brought Him with them. And whether that's through the light of Christ, and they don't quite know where it comes from, but that light of Christ is still shining through them, or if it's through active speech and prayer, I know that they have brought Him with them. And I know that the entire world, there are people everywhere praying for them. And so there's just quite simply no way the Lord isn't there with them. Christian author Anne Voskamp said this week, Prayer isn't the least we can do. Prayer isn't all we can do. Prayer is ultimately the most we can do. Although the crisis in Ukraine is on my mind this week, I know that there are so many dark places on the earth. Dark places caused by the actions of evil people who don't get nearly as much attention as the people in Ukraine are getting. Dark places caused by crushing mental illness. Dark places caused by circumstance. But there is no place dark enough where the Lord cannot be found. Anywhere you are with a desire for His presence, He can be. In Alma chapter 7, starting in verse 10, it says, And behold, He shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is the land of our forefathers. She shall be a virgin, a precious and chosen vessel, who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost and bring forth a son, yea, even the Son of God. And he shall go forth, suffering the pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which said he will take upon him the pains and the sickness of his people. And he will take upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. The Lord was born, lived, and died so that not only could he be with you, that he could truly understand exactly what you're going through, that he can be filled with mercy. In dark times in your life, you might feel that though the Lord is always there, that he's unavailable and unreachable. President Nelson said, To be sure, there may be times when you feel as though the heavens are closed. But I promise that as you continue to be obedient, expressing gratitude for every blessing the Lord gives you, and as you patiently honor the Lord's timetable, you will be given the knowledge and understanding you seek. Every blessing the Lord has for you, even miracles, will follow. That is what personal revelation will do for you. The promise that the Lord gave to Jacob in the wilderness is one that is given to you as well. It is a promise that is intact during the lighter, easier times of our life, as well as the hard, dark times. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest, 
and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. All promises will be fulfilled, not just for us, but for all the people of the world. The Lord will not leave us as we are holding tightly to our covenant ladder. In fact, He doesn't leave us even if we let it go. It's just us that leaves. He's always there. He's everywhere. He's in everything. He's in my wilderness and yours. And as we cling to the Lord, we have the opportunity to be continually reminded, like Jacob was, that the Lord is in all places. I know that many of us are feeling stressed right now. The world kind of feels tipped upside down. And so I want to end my thoughts centralized around what's going on in the world. There is no dictator, no government, no army, no evil, no elite that he can't ultimately handle. Everything is and is going to be exactly as it was always supposed to be. God is not surprised by what's going on. He's not shocked. He's not thrown off. He's not worried. Yes, he mourns for the wicked and he weeps for the pain. But in the grand scheme of things, it will all end exactly as it was always planned. And part of that plan was you, for you to be here right now. You were foreordained for this simultaneously dark and light time in the history of the world. God did not make a mistake. Don't wish your time away. It's up to you and to me to make sure that we are spiritually capable people who can find God in ungodly places and times. I pray for you in your dark places to be pleasantly surprised as Jacob was that the Lord is in this place and knew it not until it happens so often that you are no longer surprised and can go anywhere spiritually, emotionally, or physically, even in dark places, dark places the Lord descended into with you and say instead, the Lord is with me even here. And I know it. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.